What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. You are listening to the Sports Church. I am your host today, Gina Barr. It is a great honor and pleasure to be with you on this afternoon. How are we doing over there, Bugsy? Hanging in there. That's good. That's good. Um, so we're going to get over to talking about, we left off, uh, we're going to dive a little bit more into this, uh, George Santos, Congressman disgraced. He was expelled last year from the Congress. They're having, uh, from Congress, they're having the a special, special election today for his district. You know, I think he should dress up in like a wig, maybe a mustache and just go try to get elected again. I just, think that's ju- what he just, do. just do a write in campaign. Just yeah. trying to go, go to the precincts and just yeah. try to get people just to write him in. Yeah. Uh, I think he would do really well. Just lie about it. That know? is, that's it what I mean. Really well. <laughs> you know what, what was so, what was so crazy about that story was just like, just a little bit of dig, like no one did. So, so, so in politics, like we have this thing when some, when you're running against somebody, it's this thing called opposition research, right? And so what you do is like you dig into someone's past and you kind of like just, you know, what you find out, you can, you know, you can use against them when they're running for office. So if you have someone that's like, that's a crook. And when you have somebody that has, uh, you know, that, that's been to jail. Uh, if you have somebody that talks about their family background, you can look that up, you know, a lot of them. Or, you know, in, in George Santos's case, you know, somebody who stole his boyfriend's phone or something at one point. Do you remember that? And then pretended to be him? I, I mean, it was, it was so much. So, so he, he lied about being Jewish. Yeah. Well, he, and then he clarified that one, you know. Yeah. That, one, that one, I thought it was kind of funny. You know, I, my family's a little Jewish. I can say that. But uh, he was Jewish, is what he said. You know, he wanted to clarify that. What does that even mean? Kind of like a Jew, like some. I, I what, have what no is, idea. <laughs> like that doesn't make sense. Who would say that? That doesn't make any sense. Like okay, tr- nice attempt e- to say. Either you are or you are not. Now you can say that you converted to Judaism. That's different. But just to sit up and lie about your background is. You know, it's just, it's just, it's insane is what, what he did. So th- there were so many lies that he got caught up. He got pulled up on ethics violations. And um, so they voted. So the Congress voted to expel him. Republicans, they were trying to hold out because they have such a razor thin margin. They were trying to hold out, but you know, they voted overwhelmingly to uh, expel him. He's only the sixth person. In the history of the United States, to have been expelled from Congress, six. At least you know he did a little bit more, right? He, I think he earned it. He, <laughs> I think he earned it. Yeah. So, but like, but but the thing, but the thing about this district that's very interesting is that one, it like it's 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 a swing district, right? And so it's kind of like so so everyone is testing out the messaging. So you got Republicans, you have Democrats. They're pouring a lot of money is being poured into this race, into the special election. 
and I mean millions of dollars. I, th- I think one the Democrats one of their ad campaigns they spent like it was like twenty million dollars. There was another one I read Did about Republicans. Super Bowl ads with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift or something. Oh, oh my god! I think god. they should try doing. That. No, please I think we should don't. Go back to please that. don't. <laughs> please, please don't. So anyway. So what they're doing is so so they're uh so the you know messaging is being uh tested and so but the thing that's interesting about this district because it is a swing district and there are so many swing districts and swing states that it's going to come down to razor thin margins and it's like it's it's like you're doing messaging testing to see what's going to work and what's not working and the biggest thing that's on everyone's minds a lot of the voters minds in this district is immigration. And you would think that uh, immigration probably like wouldn't normally wouldn't have been such a, you know, such a big deal, which, which is actually really scaring the Democrats because especially when you had like 50 cent, like two weeks ago talking about like, what's going on? Why are we giving all these immigrants, these, you know the, these gift cards when you have people here that are hungry and are homeless and they're you know getting free free housing and so I guess so immigration is is really a uh, a big deal in New York and when it's so many hundreds of miles from the border like you just wouldn't think that but the thing and I was talking about this with my sister who was on the show with us last week about what Governor Abbott in, in in Texas, what he did was actually, my, my sister said, it is the best political stunt that's ever been stunted before, right? So what they did was, so you have all the, you had all of these cities in the northern states, uh, like, you know, like Chicago, New York, Milwaukee, whatever. They said like, oh yeah, we'll be sanctuary cities, right? And the reason why they said they'll be sanctuary cities is because it's like, okay, well we can get this extra money from the federal government if we say that we're a sanctuary city and we can put it in our budget or whatever. And so, so the governor of Texas was like, oh no, y'all not doing anything about the border. All these people are not pouring in and so they're coming out of my budget. So what they did was like, they just shipped them off to like to New York and Chicago where there are all these other uh, sanctuary cities are are at so they was taking them out of texas just shipping them and so what's happening is is that it's being it's in denver colorado is another place they said they were sanctuary cities but now like all these extra funds that these cities thought they were just going to get from the federal government now it's really stretching their budget and and it's ticking off a lot of the people so like you hear it on like you see it in chicago you see it uh in uh, New York, you see it in Milwaukee, you see you see it in Kansas City, you see it in Denver, Colorado, where it's really it's it's irritating a lot of people because it's like, you know, we have people here that are in need, that are struggling to pay bills. But now but you bring in people across the, you know, across the border, you sticking them in free housing. You know, uh, nice, nice new apartments. <laughs> You're not putting them in, you don't know, you put them in nice new apartments. They're getting free health care. They're getting free food. They're getting free money uh, every month. And you have citizens here that was born here. Uh, you have people here that, that's been working, that's, that's struggling to make ends meet. And so it's it's putting a new light onto what the immigration problem is. Because when before it was kind of, it was more like a, it was a border state problem. But now it's making it by but what they were doing in 
what Governor DeSantis was doing in Florida and what Abbott was doing in uh, Texas. It's just like it's forcing. It's just like sh- shipping. All, like like we're not keeping these people. It's not going to be our problem. It's going to be everybody's problem. And so now that it's everybody's problem, everybody's kind of looking like. So it's it's really kind of making the Democrats scramble. And it's very uh, it's quite humorous to watch because it's like like. It's, it's like the people that are in uh, these Democrat strongholds, like in Chicago and New York, um, they're getting ticked off. And it's like, what are you guys doing? So now the Demo- so now the Democrats are just like, oh, what we're going like, what are we going to do with this? And so, and so it's it's going to be very interesting to see how this race turns out uh, today with the special election in New York, because it, it can be whether. Whatever side wins or loses, it can be replicated in the others. It could more than likely be replicated in other swing districts. So I don't know. We'll see. It's it's uh it's 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 pretty interesting as to what's you know what's going on politically. Another thing that's going on that's interesting is that uh so President Trump has announced who he's going to endorse to replace Ronald McDaniel. Who is it? It is Michael. Uh, Waitley, who is the North Carolina GOP chairman. You have no. I've never heard of him. <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard of him, never but that's just because, him. yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, uh, a friend of mine, uh, she's the RNC committee woman out of uh, North Carolina. But um, so, and he's also endorsed his uh, daughter in law to be the co chair, Laura Trump. Who was that face? I I just would you endorse your own like daughter-in-law? You know what? Kind of off. But you know what? See, here's the thing. I would. I'm not against. I'm the type of person. I'm really not. If my family is qualified, qualified. I'm not against nepotism. But at the same time, just I like like Hunter Biden. Like 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 Joe should not have had Hunter do anything. Like he shouldn't have had him do anything. Like that's when nepotism is bad. But when you have somebody that that's competent, so so Laura Trump was actually uh, thinking about running for a Senate uh, in North Carolina. She didn't end up doing. Uh, she was very active uh, with uh, President Trump when he was in the White House and during his campaign. Um, Ivanka, she hasn't been. I, I would say Laura was actually more active uh, than Ivanka too. Like as, as far as like to to a certain extent. Um, I've met Laura twice. I actually sat next to her at a DC function. She was uh, very nice. I liked her. Um, so I think that she would, for what the job entails, I, she'll be she'll be fine. But the main problem, see, see, and we talked about this last week. But the main problem that President Trump has with the current chair, Ronald McDaniel, who used to be my old boss, is that they feel like is is the fundraising piece. Right. And but the thing about it is, is that, you know, uh, a lot of people, they just like those big donors. They do not want to give that money because they know it's just going to go to Trump's legal fees. So I don't I don't think that uh, anybody who comes in there, I mean, they're, they're, it's going to be a hard job. It's not going to be a hard. It's not going to be an easy job. And uh He's also bringing in a, a new, he wants to bring in like a new chief operating 
officer, uh, someone who was working on this campaign because they wanted to make it seamless between the RNC and the campaign, which really isn't uncommon. Typically during an election year, the presidential campaign does kind of take over the RNC. But what is uncommon is to force the current chair to step down. Like that's that that's a little bit that that's ain't a little bit that's that's very uncommon. So, but it's just like it's solidifying Trump's hold on the Republican Party, on the Republican brand. Uh, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, that's completely up to you. Depends on where you fall on the line of that. Uh, me personally, um. I think I, I, I think that the party is big in general. What it believes at its core believes is bigger than the messenger. It's kind of like Christianity. Christianity is bigger than whoever the the big mega pastor is at the time, whether it's Joel Osteen, T.D. Jakes or whatever. Christianity is not Joel Osteen. Christianity is not T.D. Jakes. Christianity is not uh Joyce Myers or uh any of the other people what you know and it's the same thing like with the Republican Party the Republican Party is not the person who's in charge currently it's bigger than that its history is deeper than that it, it its roots go further than that and so I mean, so so that that's my take you know on, on that but it's going to be uh it's, it's going to be very uh, interesting. Um, the one thing about Michael Wheatley, Waitley, I'm sorry, is that he one re- another reason why Trump really likes him is because he's a like Waitley is a big election denier. Uh, saying that uh, Joe Biden's presidency is illegitimate, and whether you think that uh, it is or isn't, there was a new poll that actually came out that said. One third of adults say that Biden's pres- presidency is illegitimate. That's Republicans, Democrats, and Independents. So, and this is a Washington Post and University of Maryland poll. So, 31% of Republicans say that President Biden uh, is um, leg- is is legitimate. Like, so 31% of Republicans say so. It's basically, almost like a third. Like a third of Republicans believe that uh, Biden's presidency is legitimate. Uh, you have 91% of uh, Democrats who obviously believe that Joe Biden is the rightful president, and 66% of independents believe that that Joe Biden is the legitimate president. And so, what Republicans they what they have to contend with is that the majority of the American people think that if you think that Biden's presidency is illegitimate, they think that you believe in, in the conspiracy theory. And so that's something that Republicans are going to have to contend with when it comes to messaging in these swing districts, in these swing states. I kind of think that they that's not a topic that you should bring up because it's going to turn off in the swing districts It's going to turn off a lot of potential voters. And they're going to think that you're you know, that you believe in those conspiracy theories. Yeah, that's like your whole entire platform, too, like because I hear that and I, I just kind of stop really caring so much about what somebody's saying because. We're past that, I thought. I right. thought we were on to the new. Right, it's, new, it's four new years. Things. It's a new yeah. election. It's, That's it's, about to be over. Right, you know, so we don't have to worry about that. Anymore. I mean, and, and there's things that people that are worried about. People are worried about the border crisis. People are worried about the cost of eggs, the cost of milk, yeah, the cost of living, know, more rent. People actually care about that now yeah. instead of you know things right. in the past. Right. So, the, so 
and that's the problem that I think that a lot of politicians they have in general is that they're not listening to the people. You're not listening to what the people need and what's affecting the people. And, and, and that's where this whole like disconnect is. I've, I've never seen such little enthusiasm for an election year. It is absolutely insane how like pe- people just do not care. I kind of forgot that it was an election year. Like, is that, did you forget? Cause oh, I no, forgot. I, well, yeah, I, of course no, you wouldn't. I, yeah. I didn't think about it. I was like, Oh yeah, it is. It has been four years. Yeah. It has you know? been four. I didn't think about that. But that's because people that you're not addressing the needs of the people. And so people are just like unenthused, like they don't care. And so, and that's really unfortunate. You are uh, listening to the Sports Church. I am your host today, Gina Barr, and we will be right back. And we will be right back with Christian Horn, Sports Church Radio. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, "What is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby at the whole school. Yeah, just I hurt me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.